Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Game Sense, your favourite female footy podcast. I'm your stand-in host today, Liam Badkin. Michael Alvaro is away doing, I don't know, something relaxing. He's on holiday. Uh, but anyway, the show rolls on and in today's episode of Game Sense, we will be focusing on the three competitions across the country that are now running simultaneously in the Sample W, the Waffle W and the Coates Talent League. We're going to touch on two of our player focuses, the Peel Thunders' Evie Coucher and Central District's Elaine Grigg, both of whom had standout performances on the weekend. We'll also take a look at what's making news in those competitions and ahead to the weekend while casting our eye over the VFLW, which kicks kicks off this Saturday. As always, I'm joined by Rookie Me Central Chief Editor Peter Williams. Peter, thanks for joining me. Yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into another episode of this as we pile on more football competitions each week and it just gets busier, but plenty to talk about. Yes, as as, as you said, there's uh, plenty of football as the season starts off again, but uh, we're going to start off today with a quick recap of the weekend's results. And Peter, do you want to run us through the uh, the Waffle W and how that panned out? Yes, yeah, so South Fremantle uh, start off with a big win on Saturday against East Perth, 11 975 uh, to 139. It was a pretty dominant performance there. Uh, Noel McNaughton, a bottom age small forward, kicked three goals. Uh, really, really impressive. Michaela Tua Karina, uh, Fremantle, obviously dropped back and uh, was dominant. She's had a good start to the season. Very, very impressive there. Um, East Perth showed some signs, but again, they were just kind of blown away early and, and tried to make up for it late, but uh, that's the way it sort of ended up. Uh, we move on to the Sunday in East Fremantle after a challenge from West Perth. They were level at halftime, and West Perth were in front for the majority of the first half. Um, last year's grand finalists and went undefeated the whole season, just kicked away at the end. Uh, their under-18s players in uh, Angelique Rayson and Georgie Cleaver both kicked goals in that second half. Uh the Sharks were a bit inaccurate, but in the end, they got the job done, 5-10-40 to 1-6-12. Then we look at the other game between Claremont and Peel Thunder. Claremont couldn't hit the side of a barn door to save themselves. Kicked 2-13-25 to Peel Thunder's 1-1-7. And uh, yes, it was very, very one-sided. But um, Peel Thunder's defense, Evie Coucher, we'll talk about, was fantastic. Uh, unfortunately for Claremont, they had about 45 inside 50s to 15. Really should have capitalised, but the reigning premiers continue their unbeaten season, their two zip. Uh, and of course, we look at the midfield through there that absolutely dominated. Uh, Jasmine Stewart had 30-odd touches. Um, Jamie uh, Harkin, who of course crossed from Subiaco, was dominant again. They, they just kept piling up the numbers. Jacinta Valentini, another one. They, they had so many ball winners across the day. Uh, and then if you look at Swan Districts against Subiaco, unfortunately the younger Swans were just outmuscled by a very experienced Subiaco outfit who also remain undefeated now. They're at a win and a draw from two games, 8-9, 57 to 1-4-10. Uh, we saw the likes of Captain Tanika Golisano and, of course, the experienced Tia Toth looking really, really good in that front half. Uh, and, and they really just kept controlling the game from start to finish and... Those Swan districts were better in the second half. It was a bit too late there. And Subiaco came away with a 47-point win. So overall, we sort of sit with uh, Claremont, the only team on two wins. And then you've got Subiaco and South Fremantle on a win and a draw because, of course, they drew in the first round. Of course, you've got East Frio uh, with that one win, one loss. 
uh, Peel's in the same boat as is West Perth and Swan Districts and East Perth are the only teams without a win thus far. Fantastic. And um, you mentioned that uh, Claremont got the better of Peel Thunder, but there was uh, a standout for, for the Peel Thunder and that was uh, the 2007-born Evie Coucher. How did you see her performance? Yeah, she was a clear standout in terms of uh, player focus. Even though she's a few years away from being drafted, uh, she had some ridiculous numbers playing in defence. 29 disposals, 8 marks, 3 contested, 13 rebound 50s, 5 tackles, uh, and also ran at a 76% disposal efficiency, which are pretty mind-boggling numbers for someone who's still only 15 and playing her second game at league footy. Uh, against the reigning premiers, no less. So she had a pretty tough job out there, but uh, did it to perfection, really. And she shapes as a one to watch for the future. Obviously, as I said, a few years off, but someone who's got plenty of uh, fascinating traits that go from her skill to her uh, overhead ability and just her general game sense. So she's definitely one to watch for the future. Fantastic. Nice little plug in there by saying she's got pretty good game sense. But um, moving on, we're going to we're gonna check out the Sample W. We're recommenced uh, after a nice little week off, uh, just like Michael Alvaro. And then it's, uh, it was back to play out round four. So how did that all pan out? Yeah, so in round four, we saw Norwood kick off the... I guess, weekend with a big win over Woodville West Torrens. These two teams were winless heading into it, and it was basically curtains for the loser. So Norwood kicked away and went 40-zip, held the Eagles scoreless up until three-quarter time, and then uh, the final term went the way of the Eagles, but it was a bit too late by then, and Norwood won 6-10-46 to 2-3-15. Saw a number of AFLW players return to the competition. Ebony O'Day dominated for Norwood. Jade Halfpenny, of course, who's been playing all seasons, been really impressive for the Red Legs as well. Uh, they had plenty of contributors too. Lana Schwartz stepped up, uh, played as she normally has, where for the Eagles, uh, Sinead Goody was clearly a standout. She was fantastic. Yasmin Dersma played her first sample W game, of course, came across from Gippy Power to play at Port Adelaide. And then you got Annie Falkenberg, the captain, had a really consistent year all year and was great in defence. If we move across to Saturday, of course, Central District had a pretty big win and a pretty surprising win over South Adelaide, 8 7 to 3-5-23. I sort of alluded to last week that Central District is the team that's probably the biggest danger in this competition. I think that they've got a lot of potential and, um, you know, they've been helped by the fact that um, they're not dropping those uh, games that they were, didn't have the lapses they were having. And of course, you've now, that's been helped by the inclusion of Elaine Grigg from North Adelaide. Uh, you've seen the return of Caitlin Rosenwig and Chantal Reynolds. And of course, uh, the improvements really of the under-21s players, such as Caitlin Wendland, Latia Huynh. Um, across the board, there's a bunch of them that have just really improved. And bringing in Julia Tickle, uh from Port and... Uh, as well as Olivia Lavecki, um, just added to that talk stocks. And they really stretched a South Adelaide side that was uh, minus Gypsy Shermer, who got injured last week. And they've just had a few that have gone down uh, and still waiting for a few more to come back from the Panthers. But full credit to Central District. They had a really good win. South, uh, Just it, it was just a down game, really. Brooke Boilu was, again, uh, very consistent for the Panthers. Their inside midfield as a whole was uh, pretty good. Um, Taylor Levy was a debutant who impressed uh, and Senna Goulden who's been playing some great footy there for the Panthers of course the sister of Errol at Sydney so uh, very impressive along those way um, 
And then if we look at the other games, uh, we had Sturt get up over West Adelaide. Of course, this is starting on Sunday as part of a doubleheader at Hisense. Sturt 6-6-42, defeated West Adelaide 5-5-35. And pre-season, I said West Adelaide have the potential to win it all. But if they start mounting injuries, like most sides, I, th- I think they'll be counting the cost. And I just feel that that's starting to build now. Um, Sturt are a quality, quality side, but losing Matty Russell uh, and... Paige Allen, both to knee injuries last week, really hurts. And, and that's on top of some injuries like Jess McAlino, who obviously had injured herself uh, the round before the bye. So, or the two rounds before the bye, I should say. So that they're starting to lose a few players and that's going to hurt every team. Hopefully um, they get them back because that's what happened last season effectively. They lost too many players to injury. But take nothing away from Sturt. Uh, they did lose Kira Mueller as well to injury and Kate Harris, but they regained Izzy Kuiper, who did her knee uh, in the final series last year, she's back. She did really well. And, and Georgia Bevan had, uh, I don't know if she could call it a career best game because she's played a lot of good games, but she was fantastic on the weekend. Alicia Gep, Jep as well was great. India Rashid returned, the absolute elite left footer. Um, they've got a lot to like about Sturt and um, they're sitting sort of at that 2-2. So they're not too bad despite missing a lot of players early. So that's really good. And then just wrapping up the final game, Glenelg 8-4-52, defeated North Adelaide 4-6-30. 22-point uh, win, similar circumstances. North have had quite a few injuries, uh, and, and you kind of feel um, that they're starting to stack up. Glenelg are in some ripping form after a really disappointing round one. Uh, they've got the troops back since then, and the, I guess, combination up forward of Chelsea Packer and Caitlin Swanston kicked uh, six goals between them. Piper Window's just unstoppable. They tried everything they could to stop her. She's in outstanding form uh, for north they lost jamie tab uh to the vflw along with erica greet so unfortunately they're down uh, a couple more players they did get hannah ewings back as well as emily borg so they were a couple of big inclusions but at the end of the day glenelg just had so much run and and they're looking so um i guess strong at the moment and, and that's why they're on top of the table and realistically setting up their season well despite losing jess bates over the off season so Excited to see what they can do from here. But uh, overall, uh, it's looking like Glenelg and Central District. They're the top two at the moment with the 3-1 records. Uh, they're going to play off this weekend. South Adelaide a third. They've also got that 3-1 record, but I've took a bit of a hit with this loss. Uh, and then you look down the list and you sort of got two and two from North and Sturt. Um, and then you've got Norwood who won their first game. They're one and three now. And the Eagles who are still looking for their first win at 0-4, uh, which is how we're looking after the first month. Fantastic. It's uh, certainly going to be a cracking contest between Central District and Glenelg this weekend, given they're both at the top of the table. Uh, speaking of Central District, uh, let's take a look at our next player focus for the season, which is top age talent, Elaine Grigg. What can you tell us about her performance on the weekend? She's had a really good season uh, across from the Roosters, of course, uh, won a premiership there and and has family ties to Central. So she moved further north uh, to play with the Bulldogs this season uh, before she realistically gets drafted at the end of the year, you'd think. Uh, Plays as a wing and a half forward, a real pressure player, brings a high energy game, aggressive type, really loves to be out there, enjoys her footy. Uh, and on the weekend, she had the 20 touches, uh, about six, seven inside 50s, really controlled a lot of the proceedings, particularly early on, uh, and, and just seemed to be involved in the game uh, more than usual. She's usually involved a fair bit in the game, but um, just seemed to really move the ball well in transition. I think she's been a key to their success 
uh, so far and why they're at 3-1. And um, she just adds that speed as well as the defensive pressure. And um, she's certainly one, I think, that can continue to grow. And um, even though she's in her top age year, I think she's got some improvement left. And it's going to be uh, fascinating, I guess, to see how she ends up playing for South Australia because I think she can play a pretty important role there. She adds a point of difference compared to the other elite South Australian midfielders. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how she goes for the rest of the season uh, and for the Crow Eaters there. Yeah, excellent. She um, certainly caught the eye on the weekend. Now, we'll move over to the other competition in action that kicked off over the weekend, and that's the, the, Co- the Coates Talent League Girls Competition, formerly the NAB League. Uh, what went down in the opening round of the season? Yeah, we had uh, three different states uh, taking part and so kicking off down in the uh, Apple Isle back at your home home Come deck on, there at Launceston. Uh, the Devils kicked 8-14-62 to defeat the GWS Giants Academy 7-6-48. Uh, Georgia Clark had a great start to the season. She was really impactful inside 50 obviously their minus Brooke Barwick for the year had an ACL and uh, Bella Parker wasn't playing either so they still had players to come back but um, Tanisha Kikioke uh, in defense was really good Ava Reed uh, impressed alongside Clark up forward they had quite a few players that were really impressing for the Devils but um, obviously Georgia Clark's that star player now that Barwick's out so it'll be fascinating to see how she goes had about 19 touches nine marks and kicked a couple of goals so really lively to start off her season the Giants Mel Staunton uh impressive uh she was just consistent as usual Amy Frost's another one Cleo Butterfant um there are quite a few names there from the Giants who um held their own against the Devils who are more experienced obviously in the competition uh, and then if we look to uh, the next game, uh, which was, uh, well, three of these games were on Saturday, but around midday, uh, Geelong Falcons defeated the Rebels in a pretty tight one, 6-11-47 to the Rebels, 6-2-38. Uh, Falcons peppered the goals for a lot of the game. It was a pretty hot day with a bit of a blustery breeze. Sarah Howley was the difference. She kicked three goals and was our player of the week. She just really controlled it and it provided a lot of running up forward. And if you look at um, sort of Chloe Adams through the midfield, she was consistent. Um, where for the Rebels, Millie Lang's one. They've certainly found a bottom-age key defender, really strong overhead, great interceptor. Uh, sort of had around that 28, 29 touches on debut. She was just super impressive and, and one I'm looking forward to see throughout the year. If we look across at Hastings, this was a really blustery day. I was at this game. Sydney Swans Academy, 6-7-43, defeating Dandenong Stingrays, 5-2-32. And a real upset because Stingrays obviously coming off a grand final last year. They've still got quite a few quality uh, top ages now who were bottom age last year with that experience. But the Swans got them uh, perhaps just through their uh, extra preparation, uh, playing an extra game over the preseason. And obviously... Um, just having that, I guess, extra time to uh, get down and, and get used to it. And they were tested by the Giants the last couple of weeks. So um, good on them. They were able to hold them off uh, after a fast start from the Stingrays with the Breeze. They basically held them off in the third term, stopped them from scoring, and then ran over the top of them in the last. So that was really good for the Swans' confidence. Uh, Olivia Morris is one to watch their AFLW Academy member. Uh, where for the Stingrays, Meg Robertson, who was injured all last year, she's a midfielder, She'll, uh, she impressed in her first game back from injury. So really excited to see what she can do this year. And if we move on to the Sunday, Bendigo Pioneers defeated Murray Bush Rangers 7-11-53 to 8-4-52 up at Rumbalara in Shepparton. 
again, this was a Lila Keck show. She kicked a couple of goals. Just really lively throughout the game. 20-plus disposals. Just uh, was the difference in the end between the teams. Uh, they sort of ebbed and flowed between who was in front. Pyres held most of the momentum. Bush Rangers hit the front uh, later in the game, but then uh, a Keck goal put them within one point and a couple of behinds. They sort of did the hard way, but they managed to scrape home and, and get it done by a point. Aside from uh, Lila Keck, Brodie O'Rourke was pretty impressive uh, playing off half forward. She's another one to watch this year as a member of the Vic Country Hub. And then you look at uh, the Murray Bush Rangers. Uh, they don't necessarily have that top-end talent that they had last year with Zali Goldsworthy, but um, they've certainly got a, a bit of balance across the board. And um, we saw Holly Egan come in for her first game. She was quite impressive, um, like what she was able to do. Uh, and I, I think Grace Hay playing in defence and then rotating into the ruck um, seemed to be of effect. So um, that'll be one to watch. And Kalia Cobson uh, is another one out of defence, Vic Country Hub member. So um, plenty to like out of that game, uh, but... Obviously, first game up, still a bit rusty for a lot of players. So uh, looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend. Yeah, terrific. There were certainly some um, impressive team performances over the weekend, uh, including from the mighty Tasmania Devils. Uh, speaking of, they have the bye this weekend. So every other team will play again except for Tassie, who will have the week off to refresh and reset while the Gippsland Power finally get to hit the field for the first time in the 2023 season. Obviously, a bit of anticipation about their their season opener. What can we expect from them? Yeah, Gippsland, obviously, um, they didn't win a game in the regular season last year, but they did get them in the uh, repercharge uh, game at the end. Uh, they've got a lot of talent, particularly in the bottom end of, of their team, the younger ones. Uh, Ash Centra is a name that will continually pop up. She's one of the ones to keep an eye on for 2024 she's uh, just a tall utility can play forward midfield uh, she's even played back she can kind of go anywhere really good overhead just got to get those finishing skills up to scratch but she's got so much potential she's like a blank slate she's um, really exciting and she's their top one Alice Stoddard's another one and she's only an 07 so she's a very young one um, but she's uh, looked really good as a, a player that realistically normally is too young to play in uh, the talent league last year but she played and, and was one of their better players coming out of defense just a reliable long kick she can also move up into the midfield if required she's someone I think that uh, is worth keeping an eye on over the next few years uh, as an overager India Mackay uh, wasn't too bad last year she's thereabouts probably the one in terms of overages that are returned to, to uh, I keep tabs on if you like um, and Amber shoots the one that, uh, from a top age perspective, uh, that's a, a part of the Vic Country Hub. So um, from the power uh, to watch throughout the season. I don't expect too much from the power this season. They're always uh, competitive in terms of their intent, and you always like the way they go about it. Um, this should be a big test for them. But, um, yeah, they definitely have a lot of good young talent that's coming through over the next few years. Excellent, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they take the park. Now, we're going to move straight on to the tips for round two of the Coats Talent League. Let's see uh, how many you can get right this time around, and uh, we'll start off with the first game between the GWV Rebels and the Bendigo Pioneers. Yeah, uh, at Mars Stadium, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm going to go with the Rebels at home. I think they've just got a bit more depth to them. Um, they don't necessarily have a star player, um, though Millie Lane could push into that. And Jess Wrench, obviously, second game back from a long-term injury. I think they'll be a bit too strong. They'll want to try and stop 
uh, Lila Keck, though, after her performance on the weekend. So I'll be going with the Rebels. All right, fantastic. And moving on, the next game on the agenda is between the Murray Bush Rangers and the Sydney Swans Academy at Highgate Reserve Recre- or Highgate Recreation Reserve. Sorry, at twelve fifteen on Saturday. Who have you got taking the chocolates here? Yeah, that's a part of a big game, uh, a big day, I should say, along with boys' fixtures from the Coats Talent League. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Swans uh, for this one. I think that their game against the Dandenong Stingrays, they did really well. Um, and if they can perform like that again, I, I feel like uh, they're going to just be a bit too strong for the Bushies, who uh, their height might stretch some of the Swans. Uh, they've got a bit more height than the Stingrays has have at different points. Uh, but in saying that, I think the Swans are a really good unit. They're well coached, and um, we saw them upset the Falcons last year, so they've now upset the uh, Stingrays. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that and uh, go with the Swans. Excellent. And uh, the final game for Saturday will be between the Geelong Falcons and the Dandenong Stingrays. This one taking place at Deakin University at 12.30pm. Who have you got to, to get the win here? Yeah, I'm going to go with the home team again in the Falcons. Uh, Stingrays was a team I'm really uh, excited about this year. Hopefully Michaela Williamson can come back. And I think on face value, I would have tipped the Stingrays in this one, but Based off the form of round one, I think the Falcons performed a bit stronger. They're back at uh, Deakin, of course, again at Warm Pond. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with them just just purely because they showed um, a, a lot more consistent footy across four quarters, though I guess it'll depend on the weather because the Stingrays in that breeze uh, probably won't have to encounter that too often. So, um, yeah, I'll go with the Falcons, but it could go either way. Awesome. And the last game of the round will take place the following day on Sunday. And it'll be between the Gippsland Power and the GWS Giants Academy heading back to Highgate Recreation Reserve at about 10am. Uh, what's your tip here? Yeah, for this one, I'm going to be going for the Giants, uh, which is, sounds kind of strange tipping both the New South Wales Academies because, as you know, they haven't had as much experience in these competitions as the others. But uh, for me, I just think it comes down to um, the depth. They've, got, they've played a lot more footy over the off-season. We saw them compete really strongly, uh, both Swans and the Giants, but the Giants in particular against the Devils there. Um, Devils will probably be a pretty strong team this year, so to compete that uh, compete that well against the Power, who are realistically uh, a, a younger team that the 06s and 07s are the ones to keep an eye on, I think they'll just be a bit too strong and um, might overrun them, but um, hopefully the Power can put up a good show. Fantastic, and that wraps up. Pete's tips for the Coates Talent League there. And uh, we're going to keep with the theme of uh, predicting the games to come, moving over to South Australia where the competition continues there. We're going to take a look at the round five matches and grab your tips again. Things kick off on Saturday at 12.30pm at Hisense Stadium where West Adelaide and Woodville West Torrens Eagles are going to lock horns. Who have you got here? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the home side for this one in West Adelaide. They've lost a lot of players to injuries. Uh, Eagles aren't travelling that great at the moment. So um, if there is a game to capitalise against one of the title favourites, it's probably this one, given that they are missing quite a few players. But in saying that, um, I think West will just be too strong. Though I am looking forward to the battle between Lauren Young and Sinead Goody, who are arguably the top two picks in this year's AFLW draft. So that should be really exciting to see who gets on top, but I'll go with West for this one. 
That does sound like an exciting little game within the game there. Moving on, we're going to take a look at Norwood taking on Sturt at Cooper Stadium at 1.30pm on Saturday. What's your tip here? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Sturt. I think they're just a bit too strong. Um, they're, they're a bit of a yo-yo side at the moment. Uh, after round one, they looked a bit down. Round two, they looked incredible. Round three, they looked down. And now they're incredible again. But uh, I think if they can maintain their side with minimal injuries, I, I just think they're going to be a bit too strong for Norwood. Though, granted, it is at Coopers, which helps out Norwood. Um but it's the first day game there too. So obviously they got the new lights, which was really exciting for them. And um, But now they're into the day anyway. Uh, I, I think they played really well against the Eagles, but Sturt's a different task altogether. They can really shut the game down. And so therefore I'm going to go with the double blues for this one. Fantastic. And uh, the third of Saturday's four games in the Sample WC's Probably the game of the round as far as I'm concerned. It's uh, Central District taking on Glenelg, as you mentioned. Top of the table clash. Two teams with identical records at 3-1. and one. Uh, Two teams that have also probably affirmed themselves so far this season as having a genuine crack at the flag. This one will take place at X Convenience Oval at 3.15pm. Obviously going to be a pretty tough one to tip, but who's your pick? Yeah, for me, uh, it's it's definitely a real tough one because I think Glenelg have probably been the most consistent uh, over the journey. I think that they're probably in the box seat for this one. It is up at Elizabeth again. Central District have got their tails up at the moment. Uh, the past six uh, quarters, if you like, there's been a few where they've actually, I think three of them, they've kept their opposition scoreless uh, and they've just really controlled play. So it's going to be tough to do it against Glenelg. I think that they have to try and stop Piper Window, um, which has been basically an impossible task for anyone. Uh, where for Glenelg, they've got to kind of make sure they do keep winning it at the the contest because Central's a team that can definitely match them in, in that regard. Uh, but for, as far as it goes, uh, I think it's going to be tough to, to see what happens once it gets to the outside because I think Central District and Glenelg both have great runners. Um, but I think just on form alone, I think Glenelg's going to be a bit too strong. Um, but I think this will be an absolute ripper and we'll, we'll learn a lot more about both teams after this game. Fantastic. And the final game of the round for the Sample W takes place at Flinders University Stadium at 6.30pm. We've got South Adelaide taking on North Adelaide. And this is also another uh, intriguing clash. Only one win separates these two teams on the ladder. Obviously, South Adelaide 3-1, and one, North Adelaide 2-2. Two and two. So... A uh, good chance for both sides to sort of uh, establish themselves inside the top four. Who are you going to be taking here? Yeah, these two sides were the two that I tipped to make the grand final this year. Unfortunately, they've been hit by uh, injuries. Uh, and I think it'll be a case of who happens to have the fitter list on the day because unfortunately, uh, quite a few of them are long term. So that throws a spanner in the works. Uh, I think down at Norlunga South will probably be a bit too strong. I think even in their loss to Central, they still showed signs. North had moments, but they just didn't quite get enough done uh, in, in, during their loss. And obviously now they're similar to Sturt. They've sort of been up and down a bit, um, which isn't quite like North of old. They're going to be missing Christy Harvey too, uh, who got suspended on the weekend. But um, I think for South, uh, just having that extra bit of... Um, I, consistency over the first few weeks uh, we'll see them home so I'll, I'll go for South in this one Awesome now we'll uh, move over to the Waffle W out west where we're up to round three so we're going to dive straight into those matches and get your tips here as well 
Uh, the first game will be at Leaderville Oval at 2pm. We've got um, Subiaco taking on East Fremantle, where uh, Subiaco uh, are currently sitting third, but just behind them are the Sharks. So it's going to be a cracking contest as well, this one. Who you got uh, to win this one? Yeah, this will be a really fascinating one. Uh, Subiaco, probably the most improved team this year. East Fremantle, though, are always dangerous. Uh, you know, they only just lost to Claremont, who are probably the team to beat this year, reigning premiers. But last year's grand finalists, I think, are building up. Uh, we saw Georgie Cleaver return on the weekend. She'll be better for the run in this second game. Uh, I, I think this will be the first time Subiaco uh, will be really tested. Like, I know they played South in the first game, but South uh, probably shot themselves in the foot by missing quite a few chances and things like that when realistically they could have got away with the win there. Uh, I think East Fremantle will be a bit too strong, though at Leaderville and, and Subiaco having that home crowd um, should be a bonus for them. They're definitely improved. I think it was... Uh, after a bit more form, I could be a bit more inclined to go their way, but I think I'll go with the Sharks for now. Fantastic. Well, you mentioned um, you mentioned South Fremantle there, and they are next on the agenda. They'll be taking on West Perth at Fremantle Oval at 4 o'clock. Now, South Fremantle currently sit in second on the ladder with one win and one draw next to their name, while uh, West Perth are currently knocking on the door of the top four with one win and one loss. How are you seeing this one? Yeah, South Fremantle uh, will probably win this fairly comfortably, I'd think. Uh, West Perth benefited from uh, smashing East Perth in the opening round and then kind of just faded against East Fremantle. Uh, these two teams played in the uh, preseason and South Fremantle won by 20 goals. I don't think that they're going to do that again um, because West Perth showed against the Sharks that they're more than capable of matching it with a side. Whether they can do that for four quarters, I'm not sure, but... Um, I'm excited about what South Fremantle can do this year. They'll probably rue drawing with Subi in the first game because uh, these are the games that they should be able to win uh, across the board. They're probably playing realistically coming into the season, the bottom three teams in the first three rounds. So you'd be wanting them to come away with a win here and, and start two and a draw. Um, so, yeah, I think they're just going to be too strong, too much firepower up front. But uh, West Perth will be a lot better for the preseason hit out and uh, no doubt it'll be closer than that. Awesome. Moving on to Sunday, we've got East Perth taking on the Peel Thunder at Leaderville Oval at 2pm. Now, you mentioned East Perth getting uh, absolutely smashed in the opening round. Uh, they're still on the, on, the, on the hunt for a win, I suppose. Um, can they get it here or are the Thunder going to be too good? No, the Thunder will win this one. Um, that's a, a, unfortunately, Perth being, East Perth being the uh, new team in the league, uh, it's it's going to be a struggle to get a win this year, I think, and they know that. Um, Peel Thunder, very young side. Uh, ironically, it would have been better the side they put out against Claremont being this week because the youth against the youth would have been a more even match uh, against the far more experienced Claremont. But uh, I think the youth will benefit from that. And then coming in against the Royals, I think they're just going to be a bit too strong. That uh, Georgia Haynes in the middle will be a lot better. She'll have more time um, to go to work. Uh, we, we've seen quite a few Peel players come through. Evie Coucher obviously probably won't see as much of the ball this week because um, it'll be down the other end. But um, she'll be better, of course, as well. Keep going. Um, East Perth have some quality key defenders. Like, I've been impressed with what they've been able to do when they've been under serious heat. But, yeah, Peel Thunder will be too strong in this one. Fantastic. And uh, the final game of the round will be between the Swan Districts and the top of the table, or top of the table, Claremont, who uh, this game will be taking place at Steel Blue Oval at 2 p.m. Uh, two teams in the middle of pretty contrasting seasons, 
when you think about it, Claremont at the top of the table with two wins, while Swan Districts are sort of uh, looking like cellar dwellers at this stage with two losses. How are you uh, seeing this one? Yeah, Swan- Swannies were unlucky to lose to Peel in round one, and then obviously they just um, so disappointing last round, but uh that they were up against a red hot Subiaco who just really in form and looked good their new recruits were great um so Swannies all need to sort of bounce back they have lost a lot of experience over the off season um most of their defense is basically gone so um that's probably a key reason why teams are sort of scored against them particularly last week but uh it's going to be key Jamie Henry will be better again like like Cleaver coming back from injury she'll be better for the run in her second game so Hopefully she can put in a big performance. Jess Cox is in great form as well, the captain there. But in saying that, I, I just can't see them um, getting too close to Claremont. Claremont are in great form. Uh, they just need to learn to kick straight, I think. That'll be the key. Um, obviously, 2-13 last week. Realistically, they should have won by a lot more and, and they'll be kicking themselves um, over that. Um, but I'll Probably miss, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. But they're a quality quality outfit. As I said, they've got stars across the board. They're just dominant defense, midfield, forward. There's not many holes in this team. I think they're probably going to win the flag, and, and I think they're certainly going to win this game. So definitely going to go uh, with the Tigers in this one. Ooh, that's a bold tip, but that's all for the uh, existing fixtures that are you know currently in the middle of playing. But uh, before we wrap up today's episode, we just want to – you know, quickly touch on the VFLW that's that's also going to be running this weekend. As we've got the the round one fixtures looking pretty good, and uh, any particular games you're looking forward to uh, more? Yeah, so I'm sort of just looking across the board. Obviously, we've got um, Carlton versus Port at Icon to kick us off, and I uh, sort of just listed a few players that I, I thought um, will be interesting. Octavia Di Donato's one playing for Carlton, who I think um, could be one to watch in terms of the overage draft coming up. Um, Mel Kai's in back for uh, from injury for the borough. She's going to be really fascinating to see. Eliza Morrison, another one from the Bulldogs. Uh, Izzy Curry um, out of the Hawks uh, is back, and Casey Lennox as well, playing for Carlton this season, having played for Essendon previously. Uh, and if we look at Darabin up against Southern Saints, obviously Darabin uh, are always the underdogs most of the time. Uh, but they've brought in Beck Goring out of Geelong. She'll be a, a real keen one to uh, step straight in and provide extra experience. Grace Wake, another one out of Northern Knights. Showed some talent, but unfortunately uh, did her knee uh, sort of uh, early last year. So uh, good to see her back in action. Uh, the two uh, JWs, if you like, for the Saints. Gemma Wrigley's come from Southern Power. She captained the team up there. She'll be really exciting, hoping to get on an AFLW list. She's got some explosive speed, so watch out for her. Gemma Webster, who's an ex-North player out of EFLW. Obviously, she's uh, played in Tassie. She's a Tasmanian. Uh, one, one for you, Liam. Come on. Um, so she's one to keep an eye on uh, at the Saints there. Uh, if we look at the Cats and North, you've got a couple of players who might be considered with uh, Geelong's top pick in the overage draft if they go local. Annalie McKee uh, and Charlotte Simpson. They're both exciting players, key forward and inside mid. Uh, for the Roos, they're not going to play yet, obviously, but Georgia Clark, Bella Parker and, and Tanisha Kikioku, we mentioned during the Devils season, they're all in line for a North debut at some stage. Brooke Barwick, unfortunately, would be, but uh, doing her knee, she won't play this year. Uh Collingwood and Williamstown are playing off at Vic Park at 3 p.m. Uh, the big inclusion probably across the whole league is Jess Bates out of Glenelg. Um, Glenelg are missing her, although not anymore, apparently. Uh, looked bad early in round one, but she there's uh, overcome that loss, I guess. Um, 
Bates, though, coming into Collingwood just replaces the the loss of Marla Neal, who's headed off to the Demons. Uh, she's just a natural ball-winning mid, won the league best in Ferris last year in the sample. So she's ready-made and, and will be a massive impact. Probably be looking to that overage draft if she can have a good weekend. Um, and Ren Karras out of Geelong provides some extra ruck support for the Pies. Obviously, Alison Downey's now retired. So Ren Karras might be one they'll look to there as well. Uh, for the Seagulls, uh, they've mostly got a lot of returning players. Emily Eaves is one to keep an eye on. She's New South Wales ACT uh, thereabouts for the draft last year, so therefore uh, in the frame for the overage draft. We'll be fascinated to see how she goes. If we move on to Sunday, we've got Essendon and Hawthorne. Annabelle Strawn's come over from the Dogs, just recently delisted. Same with Zoe Harrell from the Swans and, and Cassidy Simmons from the Giants. So they've got a bit of AFLW experience coming in. Hawthorne have picked up Grace Matzer, who's uh, ex-North Melbourne. Um, might provide some ruck support there for the Brown and Gold if they choose to pick her up. Uh, and she's also uh, was with Collingwood VFL last season. Uh, Cassie Davidson, who's a really big get for the Hawks. She's the Peel Thunder uh, Premiership captain, so she's come across uh, to Victoria. So that's going to be a really big pickup for Hawthorne. will be interesting to see whether they look at her. Um, she's obviously has been on AFLW list before back early days, so with Fremantle. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Uh, and then just looking at the, uh, the last game, Bulldogs and Casey, uh, up at Mars Stadium on Sunday, uh, Jamie Tab, Erica Greet, both out of the North Adelaide program. They missed them on the weekend. Uh, dangerous forward, Jamie Tab was on Adelaide's list for a season. Erica Greet's been there about. She's a winger, very skillful player. They're both going to make an impact to the team that went winless last year. And then Casey Demons, Tegan Williams uh, out of the Bendigo Pioneers is one to watch as a key forward. And Marla Neal, uh, that inside mid we mentioned from Collingwood, has crossed the Demons. So another one to keep an eye on. Fantastic. It sounds like there's a lot to uh, to watch for in the first round of the VFLW. Um, I better wrap things up before Peter turns blue, obviously mentioning a lot of players there, but be sure to check out uh, check it out. And of course, all the previews, reviews, scouting notes and more will be on Rookie Me Central. Peter, thanks for joining me on Game Sense. Yeah, no, really enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to catching more footy this weekend. Fantastic. Well, there'll be plenty to catch, that's for sure. That is all for Episode 6 of Game Sense for 2023. Make sure you subscribe to us on, on your favourite podcast platform for all the latest episodes and follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube where you'll find us at Rookie Me Central. Thanks for joining us today and we hope you tune in next week.